Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. something if there's any time that a church needs to get on their feet and when they have an opportunity is when brother Calhoun is preaching the word of God if there's any point in a church service the devil's going to fight he's going to fight the word of God from going forth he wants to bind the preacher but when you got saints out there that's shaking their head that's got their fists doubled up at the devil and saying, you're not going to bind my pastor. Preach, Brother Calhoun. Preach, Brother Calhoun. Preach, Brother Calhoun. We're with you. You can be seated because I want to tell you, preaching's not good until it starts going against your flesh. When you start drawing up, when you know it's hitting you, oh, it's getting good. That's when to get on your feet. Oh, thank God. Thank God for preaching. You know, we wasn't called by man. We were called by God. Brother Calhoun was ordained by God, 12 years old, started. God lays a message on his heart. He has no options. Other than just preach what God put on his heart. Hallelujah. He's got to preach it. And I think about the times I've done it. And oh Jesus. Preach on Sunday morning and wonder fella. Any of them be back Sunday night. Oh yeah brother Calhoun. You know exactly and all these preachers know what I'm talking about. But you still got to say it. Amen. You live with people. You know people. And they know you're talking about them. But I'm going to tell you, when you trust the surgeon, when you got confidence in a praying man, when you got confidence in the man of God, you say, go ahead, pastor, and cut on me. Cut it out of me. Preach it to me, pastor. Amen. It's all right. Amen. You're talking about me, and I need you to talk about me. Because this is not a game. I don't want to go to hell. I want to be saved. I want to get it out of my life. And the only way you can get it out of your life is hear the preaching. How many times have all of you pastors depended on that? What Isaiah said, there'd be a voice behind you. Oh, thank God for that voice. If you're honest with yourself, if you're honest, if you're an honest person and you hear that voice, even though you don't like it, you'll say, you know what? He's really right. And the flesh says, don't listen to that. Bow up against it. Try to vote him out. Because they don't believe in that voting. Hallelujah. We don't trust. Well, hallelujah. Don't get me. I wonder how many of you saints has ever heard that voice behind you saying, 
you know what? He's really telling you the truth. Do I have any honest people tonight? Is there anybody in this house that you just raise your hand and say yes? Hey, I believe I'm getting 100% vote here tonight. I believe we will go ahead and vote. Oh, hallelujah! Hey, it's good to be in an apostolic church! Can I tell you, this is not the Kiwanis Club. This is not the Lions Club. This is a church where we want it cut off from us. We want sin cut out of our life. We want to get rid of the works of the flesh. We want to bear the fruit of the Spirit. Do I have any honest people in the house? Did you come to church to get patted on the back and told how good you are and thank you for paying your tithes? No, no, it goes a long ways beyond all that. You know what the devil tells pastors? If you preach that, they won't be back. If you preach that, they'll quit paying their tithes. And you know what he's got to do like Brother Calhoun does? Just make up his mind. It doesn't matter. You find out whether you trust God or you trust your flesh. And you know what? I've seen it over and over and over. Brother Calhoun, the devil's lied to Pentecost. They said if you have church like you believe in, having church stomping and shouting and running and dancing, you're not going to impress people. I've watched Pentecost try to be a Hollywood show. Hey, you can't compete with Hollywood. They got millions of dollars to do their shows. We're not in the show business. We're in the Holy Ghost. Life changing. Life transforming. I want to tell you, you're looking at a group of people who used to be drug addicts. Bound by sin. You can be seated. In fact, there's one... Sitting right here on this front pew, stand up, brother. MacDougall. There was a man in our church that were, some way were connected and worked with him. He had done great here in this city. He got on that bottle. He's, he owned a new Corvette. Now, when you say that, you've said it all. Hallelujah. Epitome of success. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Well, y'all don't catch on fast. It's all right. Blessed, beautiful home on the lake. Got to drink and lost it all. Walking the streets, homeless down here. This man in our church went and picked him up, brought him to Little Rock. And I noticed something. He come talk to me. He had his notepad out. He was writing down everything he'd asked me. I'd tell him he'd write it down. And I noticed whatever we'd done, he got to doing it. Come to prayer meeting. Hallelujah. He started coming. You know what happened. God filled him with the Holy Ghost. How many years ago has that been? Fourteen years ago. Hallelujah. Still running the aisle, shouting the victory. You know what's wrong? Churches are trying to catch somebody that would impress the community. This is what impresses God. Give me a drug addict and watch God set him free. 
Now he's back in business. He's got two offices running. Blessed mightily, financially blessed, spiritually. Oh, I wish somebody would shout, the devil's a liar. Yeah, that's what we're looking for. We want the real thing. We want the power of God. We want... Hey, we're not trying to get people to come here to change us. We're trying to get people to come to get changed. Come on, clap your hands to God. Oh, bless that wonderful name of Jesus. The devil hates the church. He hates the church. He fought it when it was in the garden. He fought the church. Here comes the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. This, is, this was the first time man to meet with his God. Well, you know what happened when he sinned. He starts hiding. He puts fig leaves together. Somebody said, y'all started all that holiness. We don't believe in that holiness. We didn't start holiness. God started holiness. You know what Adam and Eve sewed together? What? Fig leaves. You ever seen a fig leaf? Looks about like that. Here they are trying to cover their nakedness with fig leaves. That's your Paris designers. Oh, yeah, I'm going to preach. It started in Genesis. What did God do when he got there? Oh, he jerked the hat. He gave them a fur coat. You can't see much through a fur coat, hon. You won't be guilty of lasciviousness when you got a fur coat on. Oh, yes, yes. You know what I told somebody? Listen, good way to tell when you're doing wrong. If you got to hide over here. I don't nobody see what I've been on in this computer. Yeah, you already know it's wrong. You already know you're sinning. I'm going to tell you, God can deliver you from everything. He can set you free from pornography. This sick world we're living in. Our government says they can't control it. They can control people using words. And then they can't control pornography. They're not being honest. Hey man, this world... Technology is corrupting our precious little children's mind. Thank God for mothers and daddies that will stand up and say, No, no, we're not going to go there, and I'm not going to go there, and I'm going to live right. Well, where you at tonight? That was the first church. Then you got... Abraham come along. God meets with Abraham. Abraham builds altars. Abraham, the Bible said that Bethel was on the west and Hai was on the east. And when you see the names, the meaning of these names, you know what Bethel meant. It meant the house of God. Hai meant a ruined city. It's the world we're living in. And you know where Abraham was at? 
He was right between both of them. He was feeling the pull of both worlds. Just like the church is feeling tonight. You know what the only answer for? It's Brother Calhoun. Brother Calhoun. Just keep preaching it. Just keep preaching it. Because Isaiah said there'll be a voice behind you saying, He's telling you the truth. He's telling you. You know I'm telling you the truth tonight. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And then you've got his grandson, Jacob. He meets God and he discovers. Man, he woke up and said, I didn't realize where I was at. I'm in the house of the Lord. I'm at Bethel. Don't think that was no accident. God had him right there. He come awake and he realized where he was at. And he said about the house of God. He said, I am in setting in the gate to heaven. Hey, touch your pew. You know where you're at tonight? And you want to know why I love church? You won't never be closer to heaven. You won't never be closer to Hey, that's what he's, you're setting in the gate to heaven right now. Come on, lift up your hands and your voices and thank God for it. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You got Moses and God told Moses, build me a sanctuary that I may dwell among my people. Then he sanctified that sanctuary. Moses' church. And then you come on down and you see there was a man by the name of King David that he built a tabernacle. And he said, I want to bring the ark of God into this tabernacle. When Judah could not overtake the Jebusites, it was David that went down there and said, You old boys, you've been living here too long. We're fixing to prize you up and prize you out. You know what made David do that? He knew the history. He quoted ancient proverbs, the Bible tells us. He knew about Abraham that met King Melchizedek. He knew about Salem. He knew what Abraham had done. When he met the priest, he blessed him. He gave him bread. He gave him wine. He blessed him and he was his priest. And naturally, you know what Abraham did. He did what all good saints do. He paid Melchizedek his tithes. Oh, we can shout about that, can't we? Oh, yes. Thank God for it. Let me tell you, King David knew all about Jerusalem. He had his eye on Jerusalem. He said, those men are not going to stay in Jerusalem. That's God's holy city. He went and he took Jerusalem over. Then he built the tabernacle, a tent for the Ark of the Covenant. He brought that Ark of the Covenant. First of all, he did it by taking a new cart, and he found out that didn't work. The Bible said he had to do it according to the order. And when he lined it all up, he comes bringing the Ark of the Covenant. 
They're shouting and dancing. They're playing instruments. They're praising and glorifying and lifting up the name of the Lord. Oh, I want to tell you what it was. It was Pentecost right then. They were dancing and shouting. Because the Ark of the Covenant was coming. Oh, and the Bible said he danced before the Lord with all of his might. Thank you, Jesus. Thank God for Pentecostal services where we worship God with all of our might. Where we lift up the name of Jesus. It'll bring Jesus in the house every time. Hey, let me ask you a question. Answer it for me. If the saints can't get loose, how on earth can a sinner get loose? How on earth can a backslider pray through when we can't dance, when we can't shout, when we can't run the aisles? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Amen. And they were praising, glorifying, and lifting up the name of the Lord. Then Solomon, God made all the promises to him. Talked about my people that's called by my name. If they'll humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. He said, I'll heal you. I will hear from heaven and I'll heal their land. Thank God for the promises of the word of the Lord. And then Jesus went to church. Somebody said, you're talking about all those old timers, the old testament. Well, I'm fixing to talk about the new testament. When Jesus went to church. Oh, and that's what preaching will do every time. Preaching will fix it. It'll turn over the money changers. It'll run evil out of a church. Just the anointed, not mean preaching, good preaching. Soul-loving preaching. Pastors that love people preaching. Oh, yes. Jesus walked in that temple and he turned the money changers over. He said, you've made this place a house of thief. Amen. But I want to tell you what it really is supposed to be. It's supposed to be a house of prayer. And the children came in there praising God. They were dancing and worshiping. Oh, and never before had it been like that. They were shouting and praising God. And you know what the Bible said? It said those elders on that deacon board, they were so displeased. We don't like what's happening to our church. But they were just a little too late. And they walked up to Jesus and said, Jesus, can you hear what they're saying? They're crying Hosanna to the king in the highest. Hosanna means save us, Lord, save us. And the children are worshiping and praising and glorifying. You're having church when you get the children worshiping. And they were crying, Hosanna to the king in the highest. Oh, yes. And they said, Jesus, can you not hear what's going on? Jesus has always got the answer. He said, can you read? Can you hear? Can you read? 
If you could read, you'd understand. Isaiah prophesied that this would be happening. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings. Not choirs up here with a robe on. People falling off their chair asleep. The devil don't want dancing in the house. The devil don't want shouting in the house. Yes, 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 yes. You can be seated. You know what God wants the church to do? He wants to bring forth fruit. Isaiah saw it and said, I had a vineyard. You know where he said it was at? In a fruitful hill. Landmark, you're in a fruitful hill tonight. You've got a fruitful ministry. I know how you feel. I'm 72. You know how you feel? Don't move nothing. Leave everything. Just don't change the flower arrangement. Don't move the pew. With son put a Bible stand like this up. He rolled the big old pulpit over to the side one of the good brothers come up to me said what happened to our pulpit I said what does a pulpit have to do with you shouting (laughs) who cares what happened to the pulpit kick the pulpit off the platform I must be getting on somebody's toes Y'all are just trying to get so floosy around there. You're just getting so charismatic. It ain't no worse than your bad spirit. Whatever we're doing is not as bad as what you're doing. Oh, Jesus, help us. I just come to tell them, the Holy Ghost gave me this message to preach to you. You're in a very fruitful hill. I still remember going up and down this interstate many years watching and looking at this church and thinking, yeah, yeah, Brother Calhoun. Of course, I didn't know his name at the time. He needs to be here. Truth preaching. Owl running. Devil stomping. Needs to be here. A light on Interstate 30. You're in a fruitful hill. You know what he did to his vineyard next? He fenced it. Oh, the devil hates this fence. The devil hates this wall. Thank God for a fence. That fence of holiness. That fence of believing that the highest office in this church is the pastor. Thank God for great saints. You know what makes up that fence? Great saints. Oh, when somebody comes saddling up to them, to another member, and they start talking about the church and the direction and what's going on, and that fence pops up. Uh Uh-uh, you don't talk like that around me. Thank God for ladies that become a part of the fence. Thank God for great men that become a part of the fence. 
thank God for young people that become a part of the fence. You're not going to hurt my church. Many years ago, a great man that's gone on to his reward, his name was Dean Martin. His whole desire was to have enough money that whatever the church needed, he'd write the check. Brother, you get a vision like that. You know, somebody said, oh, it takes a lot of men. Oh, no, it don't take a lot. Oh, Jesus. David started out with 400. You read where he numbered Israel somewhere around 570,000 soldiers. You keep reading, you know what you read about? You read about 30 great men. You keep on reading, you know what you read about? You read about three great men. What made them great? Their faith made them great. They were a fence. They were a fence. They said, whatever the church needs, we're a fence to it. One of them said, you're not going to get this bean patch. Everybody else may have run off and left it, but I'm here to fight to the end. You're not going to steal what God's given to us. Thank God for men and women that are surround your good pastor and let him sleep good at night. And say, Brother Calhoun, don't worry about the bills. We're here. We're going to stay here. We're going to help you pay this bill. We're going to pay this one off, and we're going to build another one for the glory of God. Get that, devil! Oh, yes, 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 yes. Thank God for the fence. After he fenced it, you know what he done? The Bible said he took out the stones. That's that preaching. The preaching will get the stones out of your heart. The preaching will make you feel so much better. If you'll agree with the preaching and, well, hallelujah. Do that Pentecost Baptist nod. Do something. It'll get the stones out of your life. Then the Bible said, hey, when you've heard enough preaching, you've been plowed real good. Guess what? Hey, man, you're ready to receive the word of the Lord. Hey, man, the seed is planted. This is certified seed. This is apostolic. This is Bible seed. Take me to the book of Acts. Show me where it ever changed. Tell me that Peter didn't have the keys to the kingdom. Tell me what Peter told them when they first come and ask and said, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the seed. Clap your hands and thank Him for the seed that He has given and the stones that He took out of our life. And then thank God he didn't leave it at that. He left, he said, I'm going to put a tower in the midst. Oh, that's the watchman on the wall looking out for your soul. Mm, if there's anybody in the world that ought to be your hero, it should be your pastor. If there's anybody in the world you ought to hold up the hands of and love and pray for every day, it should be your pastor. He's on the tower. He's watching for the enemy. Oh, no, you're not going to get through here. Hey, man, we're going to go after you. Hallelujah, we're going to go after you. Thank God for people that are joined the tower. It's the fence. As I started to say a while ago, had a man that wanted to write the checks and pay and 
all at once in 97. He sat down in a recliner and had a massive heart attack and went to meet God. I'm going to preach his funeral. There's all kind of people there, bankers and lawyers. and he, God had blessed him in business and blessed him in the land business. And I said, God, what do you want me to say? And God spoke to me and said, preach. Preach what David was. Amen to Abigail's house, Naboth's house. The Bible said his chief manager said, let me tell you, Abigail, David and his men, they were a wall to us. If there's anything the church needs, it needs a wall. And I told that congregation that day, I'm going to tell you about Dean Martin. Before you could destroy my reputation, you'd have destroyed his. Before you could have broke us financially, he would have broke himself. Thank God for a wall in Pentecost. Thank God for a tower in Pentecost. But it doesn't stop there. He said, I'm going to put a wine press in there. Oh, now this is where it gets serious. The wine press. He brings the grapes. They put them in the wine press. And they start pressing. Pressing that that juice would run out of them. And the Bible said whenever they got that juice, that it was... It wasn't good. It wasn't super duper. He wasn't looking for that. He was just looking for good juice. But he said it was wild tasting. People that are not controlled won't listen to bring forth fruit. Sooner or later, the press comes against you to see what's in you. Paul talked about he was pressed out of measure. But I can tell you one thing. He said, I fought a good fight. I'm not going to stop. They come in and arrest him. They carry him to prison. Before he gets to prison, they grab his clothes and rip his clothes off of him, Paul and Silas. They, the Bible said they beat them with many stripes. And then they carried them to the inner prison. And they put their feet in stocks. Think with me now. All they've done is preach the truth, stood for what's right. And they got their feet in stocks. A lot of people would say, you know what, it's over. Look at me. I've lived for God all these years. Look, look what I'm doing. I'm having to file bankruptcy. Well, hold on. Because I got a God bigger than bankruptcy. Feeder in stocks. I don't suppose when they needed to go to the restroom, they come to let them out. Here they are sitting at midnight in stocks. Paul and Silas. Oh, they could have said, God, you're just not fair. But at midnight, they said, Paul punched old Silas and said, Brother Silas. Why don't we sing one of them songs that they were jumping up and down on this platform tonight about? Come on, let's have a song service, Silas. We're in a mess and we don't know how this thing's going to turn out. We're in the wine press and it's squeezing us. 
but it's going to be good juice Holy Ghost run right out of us. We're not going to get mad at God. We're not going to get mad at the church. Hey, if y'all wondering, this is the shouting part of the sermon. Stand with me. I want to ask you a question. What you going to do when you're in the wine press? Whine and suck your finger and blame God. I'm going to tell you what. We're living, driving beautiful automobiles, living in beautiful homes. Got money in our pocket, Brother Mayo. People murmuring and grumbling. They didn't recognize me. They didn't let me sing. They didn't look at me. Oh, Jesus, help us. You can tell I've pastored a few years. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, sucking their finger. Can I give you the remedy to uh, getting your feelings hurt? Would anybody like to know? Oh, that was about 25. I'm not going to tell it till I get 100%. Woo! Y'all encouraging me. Yeah, let me give you the remedy. Get up every day of your life and die. If you die, hey, you can't hurt a dead man. You can kick him, you can push him, you can punch him. You can leave him out. You can talk about him. You can run him down. People can pull out in front of you. They can say what they want. Somebody said they said this about you, brother. I said, let them say whatever they want to say. You start trying to defend yourself, it makes you sound like you're more guilty. You want to? I told somebody the other day, believe that if you want to believe it. God bless you. Pat them on back and walk on. Of course, I am seventy-two, and I really don't worry about people too much anymore. I got my son worrying about it now. You get people to church, whoo, are those chairs soft? My Lord, have mercy. Get people to church and they sit in the chair and all we do is stand up and sit down, stand up and sit down, stand up. They got the speaker too loud, the music's too loud. Brother Ken Hyde playing too fast. Where's that deal at, brother? Amen. I don't like to hear that. I don't know what to tell people. I've told a few, go start your own church. I like to hear it. As long as I like to hear it, we go hear it. Get over it. Go to the church and die. You going to do it for me, brother? Amen. Ready.